Trainer. Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Yeah, why do we have Lysol? I don't know. We're a mess today. Hello, beautiful human. A Lysol in 1942 cocktail. That's a party. Well, you want a sip? Come on. <laughs> a yeah. party that you die from? Yeah. You call poison no, control? It's a, it's a full flush. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello, beautiful human. We have uh, Dan Zolot here, and we welcome to the studio Adam Lambert. Hey! hey, hey, hey. hey. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you again. An honor to see you again. Thank you. You know, I was wondering what kind of shoes you'd come in here with today. <laughs> Those are something. I was feeling festive. I, I these are these shoes that are kind of like '90s raver, like platform sneaker things. I, you know what they look like to me? Growing up, they used to have these things called moon shoes. And totally. You, you'd put your foot in them, and then you jump up and down, and it'd feel like you're like yeah. floating on air. They kind of feel like that when you're walking in them. Actually, I love them. Is there something attached to? a big shoe for you, like a heel. Like, I feel like there's something deeper there. I just like wearing weird shoes. I don't know. Like, I've just... I, I, anything that looks different than the norm is usually what I'm attracted to, like, where it comes to, like, fashion, and I, I just... I'm drawn to, like, what's different looking. And it's been like that always. Yeah. What, what came first? The realization that you can sing or the fact that if something's different, then it's for you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh Probably the different than it's for me thing. That was probably earlier on. Yeah. I think like I was just always kind of a weird dude when I was a little kid. Since like since like age five. Just a weird kid. Give me some context <laughs> to weird kid. I don't because- know. I was just like I I I, I don't know. I would recite I would like learn things and recite them and I was always playing dress up. Um that's stuck since I was a child. Um, there's something to learning something and reciting it because there is an art to taking somebody else's anything and making it your own, right? Yeah. Whether that's lines in a script or lyrics in a song. I mean, there was something about like somebody else's words and then you embodying them, which I think is kind of weird if you look at where you're at right now. Obviously we have Velvet Side A, we're going to get into it, but like, dude, you and Queen. You, you 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 live out and embody somebody else's words every day. It's fun. It's a good time. I mean, it's great when there's great words and great music to sing. You yeah, know? It makes it I mean, easier. Makes it great. Um, it's I'm, I I love it. I love this gig. I love it. But so you as a little kid, dressing weird, <laughs> memorizing somebody else's words. How do you find out that you can sing and who tells you? Because I know you did theater. Yeah, I started, like, when I was a kid, I had, like, a lot of excess energy and I was memorizing things and reciting things or, like, uh, putting on shows in my living room. And my parents realized, okay, we got to put this kid on stage. So they put me in a theater group and it was musicals. And so, you know, I'm with a bunch of kids. We're learning the part. Okay, sing this song. You sing this part. And, and, When it was my turn to have the solo, I sang it loud and proud and um, got a bunch of raised eyebrows in that moment. And, you know, the adults looking around the room like, ooh, this kid's got something. And I think that was the first time I realized that. And and it felt good to get the validation from the people that were in charge. And uh, I enjoyed the feeling of letting it all out. I think I have a lot of excess energy. Um, and, and singing is this like amazing release. Wait, are you worn out after you sing? Yeah. It, well, depending on the song, but yeah, (laughs) yeah. So what, what fuels that energy? Do you know? Uh, 
sometimes tequila. Um, <laughs> sometimes Lysol. Uh, yeah, sometimes Lysol. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's a, a I really enjoy entertaining people. I love being in front of an audience. I love the connection that's created in that moment. I love the the fact that you can give somebody the sense of escape or like a, a like a you can provide some sort of moment for people. Um and of course it's you know of course the ego loves it too like I like the attention I like the the approval the validation but I I more than that I do think it's like the shared communal thing that happens. I really like it. I like the feeling of it. There's probably no greater uh, there's so many bands throughout history that have created records that when you hear them, they bring somebody back. But Queen is just a, a band that has almost every record they've ever put out yeah. is that. It is a community. You listen to it. You, people are so emotionally and physically attached to these records. Yeah. Is that like your all-time high <laughs> or is that a challenge that you have to overcome? It's both. I mean, it is interesting because if I compare it to the solo stuff, it's very different. When I do a solo show with solo music, yeah. most of it is music that's new, that you know doesn't have this like it's not steeped in nostalgia like Queen. I don't know. So what the do you audience, the audience might me. know some of the words, but they're not like they're not like hanging on every lyric like they are a Queen set. Yeah. So it's like two different types of performing. With the with the Queen shows, we have an audience of people that that are obsessed with all these songs, that know them like the back of their hand, that have lived all these memories through this music. And so if I'm on stage with Queen, I'm performing in front of a very involved, energized audience. Um, Whereas the solo stuff, it's like, okay, this is my my work, so personally it means more to me, and it's more, um, I have more ownership of it, but it doesn't doesn't click the same way in the audience because it's not, you know two hours of hits for the last 40 years. It's a different thing. <laughs> the greatest hits of all time. Yeah. So how do you approach your own music differently after being on the road with Queen, after experiencing, I mean, some, some of the most incredible stuff in the world? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, literally. like Especially right now, because the the movie, like, shot them right through the ceiling again. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's totally reignited. Uh, and w- listen, they were doing just fine before the movie. <laughs> We've done amazing tours over the past eight years. But the movie just, like, I don't know, it just shattered what we thought the ceiling was, you know? And and these tours that, the the tour that we did just now in North America, I mean, every show sold out like like that, like in five minutes. We had people there... Of all ages, I mean, the the demographic of what we're seeing out in the audience has totally shifted. There's families, there's kids. It's, it's unbelievable. So so right now, yeah, Queen is like red hot. So, but, but how does that change you as an artist? Does how, how does that strengthen you? Just, I mean, th- doing all these performances, it's taxing. You must learn things. You must definitely, yeah. Does it change your perspective? I think I think what I've learned from singing Queen music is that I know what what a great song is like you can just see it in the way it reacts with the audience like um these songs there's a reason why they've stood the test of time they're so well done and so well recorded and composed and freddie's voice and brian's guitar and roger's drumming and and it's like the the combination of all and john's bass playing like the the combination of all the elements uh are are 
are what it takes to make brilliant music. And so being around that, being a part of recreating a, a song on stage night after night, b- being around Brian and Roger who are playing these songs still at the top of their game, it teaches me a lot. It teaches me about longevity. It teaches me about great songwriting. It teaches me about connection with an audience. Um, and 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 what timelessness is. I think that that's one of the things that they're so good at. These songs still work because they're not dated. They They, they have concepts that will always connect with people all around the world yeah goosebumps <laughs> because being around that and being engulfed in it really could change the way you yeah create i think it i think it's informed my i think i've become a better songwriter since i've been on the road with them i think i've i think i'm more aware now of like what my strengths are and probably what my weaknesses are now more than i was before what, what highlights that is it being around people that are just so great at things that aren't your strengths like what sort of just knowing yourself yeah. you know i think i think you know 10 years ago when i when i got off of american idol and i had this amazing opportunity and all this hype around the show and i got signed to a record deal and i was like okay so what am i going to do and i was like i want to make pop music you know i want to make all the music that that my favorite artists are making i want to do that i want to do what so and so's doing i want to do what so and so's doing i can do that too and and i dove in and I think I realized along the way that in the moments that I was trying to chase something or do what somebody else was doing, that's when it didn't feel like the most successful thing. But the moments that I had that were wins for me were the moments where I went, okay, I just want to do me. I want to do what I do naturally. True to you. And I think that being with Queen has reminded me of what my strengths are. Which is what? Um, singing real loud and wearing weird shoes. <laughs> Zach Sang Show. Hey, beautiful human, real quick. I want to talk about bags. I've been a backpack guy forever, and then I found Daniel's leather briefcase. This thing is quality because one bag at a time, they're turning boys like me into men. And seriously, my, my backpack started to get embarrassing. There's like holes in it, and when I wear it, I do look like a kid. But I loved it. But now I, I have a new love. Daniel's leather briefcase. They're really, they're really perfect. They look sharp. They're quality. And the best part, you can afford it. This is the bag that like you can get at any stage in your life. But when you land that big gig, you're going to look freaking awesome. By cutting out the middleman, selling directly to you, Daniels is able to offer high-quality luxury leather briefcases at an incredibly reasonable price. Just $195. I know, $195. It sounds expensive. But compared to a luxury brand briefcase... They start at like $500. They're freaking ridiculous. The leather is really high quality. My dog Lou tried to chew on it the other day. His teeth did not work. Plus, I love all of the facets and the clamps. One of my big fears with bags is that stuff is going to fall out. But when I use my briefcase, I don't have that fear because the magnets and the zippers, the, uh, the hooks, quality hooks. I promise you. Oh, by the way. They also offer free shipping, and I'll give you $25 off if you want to try them out. DanielsBriefcaseNYC.com if you want to take a look at some of their styles. Use the promo code Zach at checkout. You're going to get 25 bucks off one of their leather briefcases, plus free shipping. DanielsNYC.com, promo code Zach, 25 bucks off a high-quality handcrafted item, a beautiful leather briefcase. DanielsNYC.com. Okay, back to our convo. Superpower is awesome. The guitar, the vocals, live instruments are important to you. Definitely, definitely. You that th- is that's sort of like the 
that's like one of the kind of main uh, jump offs of this new project. It's like, can we perform all this stuff live on stage with great musicians and not be totally codependent on a bunch of pre-recorded yes. stuff? That's big for me on this project. And also creating music that felt more timeless, that felt like it wasn't such a far cry from some of the stuff I get to do on stage with Queen. Do you think timelessness is linked to live instruments? Yeah, I think that I think that helps because I think that no matter how amazing music production is is getting, and no matter how wild they can make something sound, there's nothing like hearing someone play an instrument on stage. There's it, there's something really magic about that, and like I've done EDM music I've listened to all of it I remember when dubstep was a thing I don't know why but it was um and like I love like what's next and what's new but I don't know there's even if on the charts today you go back to some of the biggest records like there's an acoustic guitar at the heart of it and that's what makes it feel feel like something that's where the heart of it is that's where the soul of it is and the voice of course live instruments are so lost so when I heard that guitar and that solo in Superpower, ooh, hit me like a ton of bricks. It's, <laughs> Thank you. Dude, it really, you can feel it. You know what I mean? Like you can, I can feel it. I could just, I, I could see somebody's fingers on a guitar. It's sick. And it, you don't hear it anymore. It's yeah, totally I, Yeah, I mean, a guitar solo, like a proper electric yes. guitar solo is definitely like sort of, I, I had to make a case for it. I'm like, no, we got to have a guitar solo in there. Bravo. <laughs> but are you chasing radio hits or no? I, listen, if if radio wants to play a song, I am down. And that's great because obviously as an artist, you want your work to be heard. And so, of course, I would love that. But I think there's two ways of going about it. I think there's a way of where you like follow a trend that everyone else is doing and just try to fit into what seems to be happening. Or you do your own thing mm -hmm. and you do it the best you can. And I, I don't know. I feel like I'm more in that lane on this project. I'm more in the lane of I want to do this because I like it. I want to do this because this is what I want to perform on stage. And if and if the radio is interested in it, I am very grateful. Would you say that's the biggest difference between Velvet Side A and eventually Velvet Side B compared to For Your Entertainment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually think that if I was going to compare it to other albums, I think this one and For Your Entertainment are probably the most alike. Um, Trespassing and, and the original High were definitely further into, like, pop commercial sound so what changes in your life is for your entertainment your album because it's the first yeah i mean i think for your entertainment i was coming right off of american idol so everyone had that reference point of all those covers i did a lot of classic rock stuff and there was a lot of buzz going on and we had i i, I was very fortunate to work with amazing people on that album we had to do it really fast because you know the window of interest kind of closes up after you come <laughs> off of a show like that and the, the, the man that helped me A&R it, this guy Ashley, like called in favors that were like such good favors. Um, I mean, he, he called artists, established artists and writers and producers, and we got some incredible material. And it's funny because I'm really proud of that album, and I think it was um, it's one of my best, and I did the least amount of writing on it. Because it was so fast. But your vocals, the grant, you got a Grammy nomination for your vocals. Yeah, for What Do You Want From Me. Yeah. yeah. Love that record. Thank you. I remember playing that one. By the way, a different record for the time. Yeah, and it played at radio. That was a that was an uh, that was a great. Um, that felt really good. That was a that was that that was like a big accomplishment. I was really proud of that. Like, do you know? Like, American Idol genuinely changed your life. Totally. Do you ever think 
if you didn't show up for that audition, <laughs> where'd you be? Like, yeah, I, I all the time. I mean, that's like it's like one of those weird things where you go back in time and you go choices, timing, and choices, <laughs> and like there are these little things you decide to do, and they can totally pivot your entire life. And I, I do think that leading up to that audition, I, I had been a fan of the show. You know, obviously as a singer, I loved watching other singers and. I would get into like the judges' comments and watch it with friends. We would all argue and play drinking games around, you know, who's <laughs> making it through this week. And 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 I remember I, I had turned 27 that year, and I knew that was my final year of eligibility. And I was actually in a musical at the time. I was backstage with my castmates, and we were talking about that week's episode. And one of my friends was like, why aren't you auditioning? And I'm like, oh, they would never put me on that show. <laughs> and they're like, no. And I'm like, no, they're not going to want like some theater kid, you know, on, on American Idol. I'm, I don't think Simon would, would vote me through in, at all. I just don't think it would happen. And they were like, okay, well, you just have to do it. You know, we're going to hold you up to it. We're not going to let this go unless you go and audition. So they kind of like pushed me to go. Those kids. Yeah, my friends, my, my, my coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went and auditioned and and just thought to myself, well, okay, yeah, it would be really cool to be on TV for a minute because maybe that would kind of like help me a little bit in my theater career. You know, it would give me a little notoriety or whatever. And and then I like made the next round and I made the next round and the next round and I was like, I can't believe I'm still in. <laughs> I literally, I, I couldn't believe it. Like when I got to the top 12 or whatever, I, I thought this is insane. And I said, in the back of my head, I was like, this bubble's going to burst in like, a week and you're gonna be the first one to go home I, I i convinced myself i'm like there's no way this is this is too good to be true and then i stayed in that week and then i stayed in another week and when i got to about top five i was like this is really a thing this is actually happening right now do you ask yourself that still today like this is actually a thing this is actually yeah. happening right now <laughs> yeah it's crazy i still have yeah i pinch me moments all the time i mean real talk Brian May, I'm almost positive, is on record saying that you're the reason that Queen is still a functioning rock band. I mean, he's very sweet. That's I, very sweet of him. So be, like, <laughs> you making that decision to go to American Idol, like, not only changed your life and changed <laughs> music, but it also changed Queen. It's like, it's so connected. I am I am so grateful for their faith in me and for all these wonderful things they say. And And I need them just as much as they need me. I mean, it's like... We're we're symbiotic. It's yeah. beautiful. It's like we we're doing this because we all believe in each other. Because we found a, a, a passion, like a shared passion. We work well together. We enjoy playing this music. We know that the fans need it and want it. Um, Do you feel I, any pressure or responsibility? Totally. I th I think it's it, it. I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it than I was in the beginning. But when we started this, I was like, oh god, you know, like this is a tall order you know i knew that people would be out there like side eyeing me really hard um going like who's this kid you know um there's only one freddie mercury as we all know i can't replace the guy i'm just there to like celebrate him and and sing these great songs you know so uh, okay when you're on stage are you at do you say okay i'm adam lambert or do you try to that is my name yes no yes. i mean like but are you yes. acting as yourself or do you try to put i'm not like, acting i'm uh, just like a character or is no there... it's just singing it's singing great music i mean i look at it as like a um i'm a musician i'm a vocalist and and i'm i'm me and i'm getting to sing this amazing music and some of it is so campy like some of the some of the music is so weird and like whimsical and bizarre from especially the stuff in the 70s when they were doing like operetta and like they were doing like bicycle race and 
um, these uh, Killer Queen, where there's these the real fantastic, silly lyrics. When I get to those songs, I definitely kind of like cartoon it up a bit because they, that's what they feel like to me. Um, I push it a bit. I push the theatrics a bit because that's what glam rock was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other songs that are not that at all. You know, there's songs that Brian wrote that are like real bluesy and real sexy and kind of like down home. And obviously those songs have a different vibe. So my energy shifts a bit, but but it's all me. That's That's all me. Does yeah. somebody give you notes? Does somebody like... every? Yeah, I mean, if there's something that feels like it's not working musically, Brian or Roger will definitely say, hey, you know, why don't we try this? And I'm completely receptive, obviously. It's their, it's their music, you know? I'm like, whatever you want, sirs. I'm here at your disposal. <laughs> but don't tell me what to wear. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you draw the line. Don't, I'm going to wear the eyeliner. I'm going to wear the glitter. I'm not looking for approval on that. <laughs> How do you all tour? Do you... Take a bus? Do you jet it? I feel like you all have like jetpacks or you just like well, get there. Historically, we have traveled by a small jet cool. from city to city. Um, and then because I'm a hypochondriac singer, uh, I started getting like worn out with all the up and the down. I totally get yeah, it. Dries, it dries you out and the pressure screws up like my sinuses and stuff. This is all terribly boring. But medical. So I, I decided on this last tour, I was like, can I, can I ride in a bus? Wow. Like split it up. Like I'll do a handful of flights, but I'll like be on the ground more. And I felt a lot better. My voice held up better. And That's great. Yeah. Did, did you have your own bus? Yeah. Wow. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Usually people are, there's like 27 people on one bus. It, yeah, I, I've done that before. American Idol tour. Yes. The American Idol tour was definitely a crash course in that. Uh, it was crowded. But this was really, really chill, actually, because I had the back lounge with the, you know, queen size bed and a TV and snacks in the front. Wow. It was, it's actually kind of nice. A relaxing. Lot, a yeah. lot of room for activities. Yeah. And- chilling. Yeah. Invite some friends. Yeah. Just I, th- I realized that like a bus is just as air conditioned as a plane, really. So I had to set up humidifiers in the back. Full like hype, like full. Full diva humidifier moment. Proper though. Yeah. You need it. Yeah. It's on both sides of the bed. Good. You know? See, some some say diva. I say I have my own facial steamer that I use <laughs> to clear up my own sinuses <laughs> so I understand the struggle. Well, it's like, I, here's the thing. When you were saying, do you feel pressure? I mean, that definitely is always in the back of my head is that people are buying tickets to see Queen's music performed at the best level it can be performed at. So I definitely am hard on myself to make sure that I am singing it as good as I can. I'm giving people as much energy as I have in my body. I am. I, I get out there and work my ass off. Respect. The sign of a true professional because a lot of people don't, right? Like a lot of people go out there on the road and they're like partying, drinking, and smoking. I mean, I have a drink here and there, but yeah. But but it, but yeah, I mean, it's, there is still a little rock and roll. I mean, it should feel a little rock and roll. Yeah. But I want to give people their money's worth. That is like... These tickets are expensive. <laughs> I want to give them a show. You know what I mean? That's my thing. Velvet Side A, September 27th is when it's coming out. But you've released a track list. I- I'm just wondering, is there any strategy behind putting the track list out and then not the songs? Because it- it- good job on building hype and anticipation. I think it's just that, I guess. I- I'm just excited about it, and I want everybody else to be excited about it. And they are. And um, it was exciting to finally. I mean, I've been putting this this project together for a long time. It's taken about four years since I started the writing process. And I took a lot of time to kind of make sure that I had found a sound that I wanted to go with um, sonically and also like thematically. And 
um, all the things that I sort of am, am referencing uh, musically, it all had to make sense. And I wanted really badly on this project to have something that felt very cohesive and very um, specific. And so it took a while. It took a long time. And also I had, a, you know, a bunch of management and, and label and all this logistical stuff behind the scenes that I had to sort out. Um, and so now that it's finally ready, I'm like, I'm just, I'm, it's like putting out like the first song title for me was like, yes, it's finally happened. I'm so excited. What record sets the, the tone or at least sets the sound for the entire album? I couldn't name a specific record, but it's definitely inspired by a lot of the stuff I heard growing up around the house. My parents had a ton of vinyl. My dad was a DJ in college. So it's like just there was this whole giant um, like a closet that he put all these shelves in and put tons of vinyl in from floor to ceiling. And it was he there was always music playing in the house. Uh, And my mom had a bunch of albums as well. And her taste was a bit leaning more towards like soul and funk music like Sly Stone and Al Green. And um, my dad was a little more prog classic rock guy. And there was Bowie and Led Zeppelin and you name it. I mean, it was playing. What song do you create first for Velvet Side A? Which was the first one? That's a good question. Uh, Superpower was done maybe about two and a half years ago. The first demo of it. So that might have been the oldest one on there. And and when you say put this album, uh, this project together, I mean you really put it together because the only person, from what I can see, that kind of continues with you on more than one song is Tommy English. Yeah. So you're working with different people for every record. Yeah. And I, and that was part of the that was part of the reason probably why it took so long is that I executive produced this one myself, and you know I'm not like Mr. Executive Producer guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm like you know tequila and weird shoes guy. <laughs> So and humidifiers, yeah, on the bus and stuff. So I, I, it was a bit of trial and error, and it took a minute. But I'm really, really like I feel that like there's like a sense of um, satisfaction in this because I felt like I did what I wanted to do, and I didn't really compromise that on this one. And that's not easy to do in this business because you have to work with people and you have to you can't do it all on your own and you can't um, you can't demand anything. You you have to work in a team. So. The fact that I've I've been able to put together the album that I wanted to make, um, I feel good about that. It took a second. <laughs> how, how do you pitch your vision to these different producers and writers? Like what- I play I play some track. Like I have a playlist that I'll play. Um, cool. Like I'll re- I'll like say, hey man, you know this song? Like like what if we did something sort of in this world? Or um, you know if they have an idea and I'm hearing something in it, and then you know they stick a trap beat on it, I'm like, no trap beat. Let's not put the trap beat on there. Let's go more like real drums. <laughs> Oh, okay, got it. You know, it's just like it's a it's a compromise, and it's sort of like a it's like steering a ship. You know, and you're like, let's go left, let's go over here. You know, and 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 I'm lucky that I've worked with incredible producers, incredible top line writers, incredible uh, musicians that made it sound the way it sounds. Side B, is it currently being written? Most of it's done. Um, just putting some finishing touches on things and kind of deciding which tracks. Go on side B because I have a lot of music that will stay shelved. What, 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 strategically? Uh, just, you know, I only have so many songs that I can put on it. So yeah. <laughs> I got to pick the best of the best, the ones that make sense, the ones that complement the others, you know. What story are you looking to tell with side A? Um, a story of empowerment. I think empowerment's big. Um, I've realized over the years that that my fans sort of reinforce that that's what they like about 
my music is those are the things that that affect them is the is the messages that make them feel better about themselves or the ones that make them feel stronger um or ones where they can identify with me feeling like an outsider or somebody that feels lonely in times like those are the messages that come up inside a um i'm really lucky that i've been doing this for 10 years like i know what my fans dig you know I, i i can i know that now i've learned that about them and they're so good at communicating with me online and and meet and greets and 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 what have you and so i've i've tried to kind of tailor this to what they would love so when you're creating a record that's empowering or gives somebody confidence what do you get out of that do you feel the same way or what's like do you know what i'm saying like what type of satisfaction do you receive well it's like um it's like Whenever you're the one giving, you it feels good to give. It feels good to to receive as well. But it's <laughs> it's um it's great to do something for somebody. It's great to give a gift. It's great to make someone smile or dance or it feels good to me. I like that. But that's like superpower, right? Like it's yeah. telling people to embrace embrace theirs. Yeah. Well, I, what I love about superpower is obviously it's like it's got a groove. It's kind of yeah. funky, dancey, disco thing. So hopefully you're smiling while you're listening to it. But it's also got like a lot of like a lot of um, tension in it. You know, the the lyrics are basically saying, hey, this won't do. This is a crap situation, so I'm not going to take it and I'm going to change it up. I'm going to demand that I get what I deserve, that that I have self-respect and you're going to know about it. And there's a guitar solo. in And there's a guitar solo in it and a walking bass line, you know. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the video is amazing. Thank you. Really. Thank you. The colors and the outfits and the vibe, really. It's like Sesame Street on acid. That's kind of what. Love it. Uh, yeah. Love it. <laughs> I like how you snatched her own wig. Whoosh. Yeah. Yep. That was that was the director's idea. She was she's so cool. Her name's Millicent, and she, um, I was like, hey, I want to kind of look like how I looked at the end of the last video, mm-hmm. at least for the beginning of it. And I was like, so I guess we'll get a wig. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. And so we're like looking at it. And she's like, I think you should just like throw it. I'm like, on camera? You want me to do this? Like, but it's, I don't want them to know that it's a wig. She's like, no, 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 that's funny. I was like, okay, got it. So yeah, she's a visionary that way. She Wig snatched. Yeah, wig snatched. So you said something like you wanted to, this video to kind of start the same way that the last one did? Well, yeah, I've been kind of trying to like sort of loosely tie them together, even if it's just like visually like outfit or the at the end of the last video that I did for coming in hot I'm at like this white vintage Cadillac convertible and I have the suit on and it's my look and so we we started with that same look in that same car that's cool yeah I like that yeah I just yeah I, I, it's not like fully narrative like you nope. know street strung together but there's like I like it to look like it's all part of the same world I was just gonna say it builds the right universe yeah cohesion what are you thinking? Do you think you could have played a good Elvis in that upcoming biopic? Well, I think they were trying to cast like 20-something, like early 20-something-year-old Elvis. I, I, I was hoping it'd be like, you know, Fat Elvis in Vegas with a ham sandwich. <laughs> I thought that would have been fun, you know? Let me play the tragic Elvis. That would be more of a, a challenge. <laughs> I heard I heard a rumor they were trying to cast like two different Elvises or something. So Hey. But I think the guy that they cast, Austin Butler, I think he'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. I just think you look a lot like Elvis, and you're obviously a good performer. Thanks. Thank mm-hmm. you. Maybe someday. Never Maybe in never. Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Let me gain, like, 50 more pounds. <laughs> a 
Any other thoughts on Elvis? No, I was just looking at you right now, and I was like, you kind of have that look, and I know they're doing I'm wearing these weird shades. It's very 70s Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I love the vibe. I love the necklace. Oh, thanks. Makes you very happy. Oh, I want to say thank you. You do a lot of really incredible charity work. Thank you. You give every opportunity you have, and I think that was pretty. That's pretty cool. I'm actually working. I shouldn't say too much because I, I don't have it all done yet. But I'm working on building my own foundation. What is the goal? Um, like a chari- like a charitable foundation to help raise funds for different charities. Cool. Yeah, my fans are so passionate about that with me. They've been so responsive to all the the stuff that I've gotten involved in. So I I, I, I decided this year that I wanted to do something a bit more organized um, and build this thing. This, this this company. Really special. Yeah, like a nonprofit type deal. Yeah, so th- yeah. I get what you're talking about. Yeah. One thing that gives to a ton of other th- yeah. different charities. Because that's kind of what you do. You give a lot of like your birthday and all, any yeah. opportunity you have to give, you give. I, I, d- I definitely was, I did a lot of that. And it's like last year, I think, to be honest with you, I, I didn't do enough. I felt like I didn't do enough. So that's why this year I'm like, okay, let's kick this into a higher gear this year. So you- what 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 sparks that in you? Do you sit down and have like a self exploration moment? I don't know. I, I'm looking. You just look around at the world. Like everyone needs help. You know, we need. We all need to help each other. It's like yeah. things are falling apart a little bit. You know, but you see this youth movement that's coming up right now, and there's so much empathy, and it's it's that's the reason why we're able to talk about things now that we weren't talking about before. People are talking about mental health people are talking about sexuality and gender and race and in a way that that feels very new we're exploring kind of the next wave and so i want to be a part of that i want to help facilitate um support for that beautiful yeah velvet side a september 27th it is coming velvet side b will follow next year next year (laughs) yeah 2020 has anybody approached you guys about doing the super bowl halftime show I don't know. That would be cool. That would be really cool. I would be down. Dude, Jay-Z, yeah. if you're listening, yeah. come on. Give me a call. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I bet Queen would be down. That'd I'm be cool. Sure. Yeah. That's a look. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. That's a look. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. By the way, really, I really respect and admire the fact that you want to help, but also kind of become a part of the conversations that are happening actively, because a lot of people don't want to, a lot of people don't want to be bothered with it, you know? I just think I, you know, I think that I'm I'm glad that it's kind of come about when it's come about for me and at this time because I feel really naturally interested and and passionate. It's not like um, I'm not sitting here with you know a team of people being like you know you you need to do this so that you look this way. It's mm-hmm. that I actually actually I'm actually interested in it. Um, the stuff that's going on like socially and politically, and I, I'm curious and I I want. I want to help. It is. A, it, we are in a time of such incredible change. Yeah. And I think it's change on all fronts. I, I don't think I know we're about to experience change on all fronts. Yeah. And it's 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 awesome. It's well, awesome and I, and to I think, think too, like like as a gay man, like looking at what's happened in the queer space over the past decade, um, as far as equality, yeah. um, and 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 more more specifically in the music industry, even like just the fact that the taboos are fading and that people are releasing music that are openly gay and people are like, yeah, big deal, whatever. Like, let's, is the music good? You know? And the fact that we're able to get to that place now, it's so different than what it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to sort of still be a part of this, this industry that's becoming more accepting. Um, and, and 
you know, obviously, like our country right now is going through a lot of uh, extremes. You know, we, you know, there's a lot of political stuff that's happening where um, people's uh, rights are being questioned, um, and I think we've done so much good work over the past decade as far as moving the needle that I don't want to see it move back. I want to, I want to fight for what we've created and we're how far we've gotten. Going back now would be terrible and nobody wants it. Right. Well, and that's what, I mean, that's, it is natural that the pendulum swings a bit. Like that's what, you know, when there's change in the left, then we go right and then we go back left and all that stuff. But it takes people sort of fighting for what has been created already and, and holding on to it. And I hope a uh, basic human respect and basic understanding of equality for all. Empathy. Yeah. Like, it's all about, like, just put yourself in the other person's shoes for five minutes. That should never come out of style. No. Do you get what I'm saying? No. That should ne- there should never be an ebb and flow when no. it comes to I agree. looking at a human being, no matter what they look like or who they love. They're another human being. Just being a good person is, it's like, it's not that much to ask. No. <laughs> but for some reason, it's gotten a bit convoluted in the past couple of years. So, like, it's let's wild. get back to, like, just do the right thing, you know? Louder. Yeah. Velvet Side A, September 27th, it will come into your ears. You should uh, really lend your ear to it. I haven't listened to it, but based on the track list, I'm very excited. Lots of good bass in there. You got to turn up your bass really loud. All live instruments on every song? For the most part, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm very I'm very hooked. It's been a while since I've heard a great record that features a live <laughs> instrument of some sort. Yeah. It's like a freaking unicorn. <laughs> Final thought? No, I was just thinking about the live instrument thing. It's it, I, I just love it. It's Dude, I love it is it. a lost art. Am I no, wrong? I feel like Panic at the Disco does it. Actually, they see, do. Yeah. You're people that do it, for yeah. sure. I mean, like some of these Ed Sheeran records yes. are super organic and... It, it ha- it's around, you know, I just, I, for me personally, like my catalog, I wanted to go further down that path than I have. That's awesome. Yeah. The goal is to create timeless records. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Panic at the Disco, I would love to see you and Brendan Yuri work together. You guys both have the, like that showman type of Yeah, he's great, style. isn't he? He's such yeah. a good performer. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Special dude. You going to put it out there in the universe? I just did. I actually don't know if I've, I don't think we've met. We have to meet, I think. That would be a good first step. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan yeah. are you going to introduce him? Oh, well, I don't know Brendan too well, but Jeez. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Put it out there. Brendan, if you're listening, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> we should uh, talk. That that was the that was the that right was first it. step. That was it. Yeah, well done. Uh, I saw on the internet that you're selling your house. The old, an old house. I'm in another one already. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just, just a real estate mogul. Yeah, well, <laughs> hardly, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I have. You know, I need to get rid of this one because <laughs> paying two mortgages sucks. <laughs> no, and you're on the road. Yeah, right. You're not yeah. even there. No, <laughs> that's like a. Pain, Do you need a house? That's a pain smile. No. I anybody? Afford, anybody I looking? Are you, are you it's in the hills. It, are you on. giving it away for free? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he has a mortgage that he's paying. That's yeah. Right. I'm uh, giving the mortgage away <laughs> to anybody who wants to take over it. To one yeah. lucky winner, you yeah, get my you mortgage. get to pay this much a month. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Maybe I'll rent a new home. Jk, I'm getting close to the point of like maybe I need to rent it out. Yeah, a lot of people do it, but yeah. then, but then Adam Lambert, the landlord. I don't know. <laughs> you <laughs> won't be dealing with me directly. I will be handing that off. <laughs> Dan is looking for a side hustle. You imagine like knocking on the door, like rent's due. <laughs> I have like, like a, the, I have a clipboard with like a highlighter. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> my platform boots. <laughs> Adam Lambert, Velvet Side A. Please listen. You're amazing. Thanks Thank for you. Thanks for having me. 
This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.